Recruiters Live Lounge, episode 20. EasyPay provide funding, payroll and back office services to support the recruitment industry. Go to easypayservices.co.uk forward slash rec live lounge. Recruiters Live Lounge. Recruiterslivelounge.com Where you get to hang out with the most inspiring recruitment business leaders on the planet. Hosted by Roy Ripper. Okay, welcome everybody. Welcome back to Recruiters Live Lounge where you get to meet and hang out with some of the most inspirational business leaders in the recruitment industry on this planet. And I'm really excited today to have on board our guest is Mr. Lee McQueen. How's it going, Lee? Very well, boy. How's things with you? Good? Yeah, very good, thank you. Listen, let me tell you about Lee. He's worked in the recruitment industry since 1999. Uh, he's a well-known face. People, uh, whether you're in the UK or outside the UK, you may recognize Lee as the winner. So not just a kind of a participant, but the winner of uh, Lord Alan Sugar's The Apprentice series on BBC back in 2008. Uh, so Lee famously won that. Um, but he's done a hell of a lot since winning, uh, winning that uh, uh, competition, uh, The Apprentice. Uh, Lee is now the founder of the Raw Talent Academy Um, and I'm going to let Lee kind of talk about all the stuff that they do but they're doing some phenomenal work with young people getting them into sales and marketing careers uh, across the UK at at the moment I think. So uh, Lee tell us a bit more about the Raw Talent Academy. Thanks, Roy, for the for the introduction. It's uh, very uh, very nice here. Uh, I'm still dining out on the fact that I won the apprentice seven years ago, six six years ago, as as, as the case may be. Um, uh, exactly. So what we're what we're looking for um, at the moment is uh, I've been trading now for um, uh, for a good few years um, at War Talent, and I set the business up really out of frustration. For I've been on the other side of the fence. So my career history, as as you've mentioned, I've been in the crew for sixteen years, and I've hired a lot of salespeople, um, and I. I suppose this business was born out of frustration of not getting the best quality salespeople or having people that have got experience in sales coming into your business, whether it's recruitment sales or if it's um, B2B sales or medical sales or whatever it might be. Yeah. They've got all of these key attributes and actually when you get them into your business and they interview really well and you get them into your business and they don't perform. Yeah. So what I thought is I wanted to take a, uh, an opportunity to develop sales academies for organisations that were looking for their new sales staff. So kind of their future future superstars in sales. Um, so I named the business War Talent because ultimately what we do is we search for War Talent. We don't just look for graduates like a lot of our competitors do. Sure. We look for graduates and non-graduates as well. So we're widening the talent pool uh, that, uh, that our clients can actually um, choose from. And we put them through, you've referenced The Apprentice, we put them through business style tasks, apprentice style tasks if you like, um, in order to showcase the candidate's ability. So the assessment centres, or as we call them, the audition days that we actually put our candidates through, actually showcase the abilities that the candidates have, the key attributes, the key competencies that they have, so that the client uh, ultimately can see them what attributes they've actually got to come into their business rather than hiring based on a CV, which I know is alien to quite a lot of the people in recruitment, um, not being able to CV or not not being able to look at a CV. But ultimately, we're, we're judging people based on what they can do rather than what they have done 
or what they've been written down on a piece of paper. I, I, I love that, Lee. And you know what? The feedback that I've heard from people that are using raw talent has been phenomenal. Um, you know, the, the type of people, basically you're taking the, the, the guesswork out of it for employers, right? So, you know, rather than me taking a, a gamble on a salesperson coming to work for me, you've done all that testing, you've done all that hard work, and hopefully I'm, I'm getting somebody that, that can do the job. That's exactly right. And, and again, it, it doesn't matter whether or not your background, if your client is uh, recruitment, we're talking recruitment today, so let's use that as an example. Sure. What we do is we recreate the recruitment environment during our tasks. So if you've got people that are looking for somebody who's, what's a typical uh, sales attribute, tenacious, determined, motivated, all of these types of things, what Warton have done um, over the past, uh, past few months actually is developed a competency platform, a digital competency platform, which does exactly what you just said, takes the guesswork out of, um, uh, or the gut feeling recruitment out of uh, the recruitment process. And actually what we're doing is we're trying to make it a little bit more scientific to actually say, well, hang on, if you're looking for these types of people and these types of attributes, we're testing them through these series of, uh, of assessments and through a series of different tests. And effectively, at the end of it, you will spit out somebody who is matching what your business needs and what your business wants, rather than, as I said, hiring from a piece of paper. So uh, our DCP that we're calling it, the Digital Competency Platform, is revolutionary in our industry. No one else is doing it in, in the sector, sorry, that we're actually working in. So the graduate raw talent type sector. Um, and it is a risk, we understand. As, as, a, as a, um, somebody who hires talent in the job that I do and in previous lives, it is a risk on taking on a, a fresh grad or taking on somebody who is raw because they've never done it before. You don't know if they're gonna work it out. And I think the way our process has been put together if you think about it, I've got 16 years of recruitment experience and, we, and I've fused that with my apprentice experience. So that's kind of been fused together. Um, and I had a very, very good job before the whole apprentice experience. Um, I, was, uh, I, I was earning very good money and I was, I was working very well and I was comfortable. Um, and I quit that job to go on the apprentice um, and the apprentice kind of made you, had that desire and made you want to win it even more once you was in that process. And that's what our, the Raw Talent Academy process is designed to do. So it's a longer process for the candidates, but once they come in, they understand that actually, you know what, they really want the end job. They really want to work for that end client, which means yeah. that ultimately we get people that are loyal and ultimately we get people that stick longer. And that must be music to a client's ears on the basis that that's what we want. We want yeah. people that are going to stick around. Brilliantly, and 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 listen, I'm I'm you know I've heard as I said I've heard so many good things about the work that you guys are doing down there. So long long may that continue. Um, Lee, I'm really keen to uh, get into these questions with you. Are you ready? Yes, me too. Me fan too. Fan <laughs> fantastic. So look, Lee, in the live lounge, uh, we always like to begin with asking our guests their favourite success quote or motivation quote. What's Lee McQueen's favourite? I've got a few, um, but I, I've picked I picked one in particular that I think sums up sums up what we do and sums up what I do. Um, and it's from Winston Churchill. Um, and the success is not final, um, and failure is not fatal, um, but it is the courage to continue that counts. And for me, that what what that what that means is that 
when when you've gone through a bad time, which most of us have in recruitment, we've all gone through you know tough times, as we all know, cliches aside, um, it's it's tough in recruitment. Um, it's the it's the courage to be able to get back up on your feet, you know, and to and to go again. And I think that quote for me sums that sums that up. Um, we we want to be successful, but other pe- uh, people's uh, definition of success is always different, depending on uh, depending on where you are and the level of your career. Um, and failure uh, is, is always different, but ultimately it's the, it's the courage that's going to get you through that. So I think it's a it's a brilliant quote and something that we uh, we believe in here. Lee, I love that quote, and um, you know I'm a big fan of Winston Churchill, uh, particularly the never ever ever give up. Um, yeah, yeah. And and your quote there reminded me one of, of somebody that's probably not quite as brilliant as Winston Churchill. But it's funny because I was I was watching uh, Rocky Balboa uh, yesterday, and there's a famous famous line that Rocky comes out with. It, it was something like, "It's not about how hard you can hit, but it's about how how hard you can be hit, get up, and keep moving forward." Um, and I love that quote. Same same reasons. Yeah. True. There's a, there's a, again, there's another one. I think uh, again for for the sports fans uh, in, in the recruitment uh, live lounge. Um, David Beckham. I think the, the time when he got sent off um, in the World Cup in ninety was it ninety eight. Yeah. Um, there's images of him being hung and that sort of stuff, and he was going for a really really bad time. And again, it was similar similar sort of quote. He said, "It's not the good times that make you the person." It's the bad times, and it's how you get through them bad times that really defines you as a person. So, for for us, I think that's what, that's what it's like, and I think it kind of, if you like, sums up our recruitment industry. You're going to go through some good times, a lot of good times, but you're also going to hit some bad ones. But good recruiters will always come out the other side. It's a great, great quote. Thank you very much, Lee. Um, Lee, look, we we know that behind every successful recruitment business leader. Um, there's usually been some adversity, uh, some setback in their career. What would you describe as your biggest failure in recruitment? Um, there's been a few, I think. But when, when you're talking about the biggest failure in recruitment, so I started my career, so just a quick a little bit of a background just to, to, to add. Um, I was in hospitality, so I was in catering for four years. I actually worked for Harrow School, which is one of the most prestigious schools in the in the country. Sure. I have no idea how I got in there, like me being at the most prestigious school, but uh, ultimately I, I was I was working there. Um, and I found out about this kind of recruitment lark, like I didn't know anything about it, and someone mentioned to me, and I was thinking, hang on, I'm working 13, 14 hours a day here, um, and uh, I'm getting paid, you know, whatever it was, 13 grand a year, and, and so on and so forth. And these other, these other people, they're younger than me, they're working the same hours, but they're only like two, three times amount as that. I was like, I want to kind of understand what that's all about. Yeah. yeah. So I found out about recruitment, and, uh, and, and, I, and I got into it. I went for a job, and I first started my career at Hayes, um, and I, I was always also, so I was at Hayes and I was there for about 14 months. And then I moved on to a small independent company where I become their top biller, doing perm recruitment, become their top biller, was earning decent money, decent, uh, decent commissions at that time. Sure. Um, sure. And I decided to kind of uh, um, uh, wrap up a little bit and go traveling for a bit. When I come back, I got a job at Capita, which was back in 2001. And for the first six months, I went in as a contracts recruitment consultant. So that had a bit of gravitas behind me, hence why I talked about that. Um, and, uh, and I went in as a contracts recruitment consultant. And this is probably my biggest failure because I, I hit them phones for about six months, like solidly, six months hitting them phones. And I didn't make a contracts deal. 
So most of the people watching this now are probably thinking you should have been fired, and maybe I should have been. Um, but I think I think for me that's the that's the yeah exactly. I think that for me that's the the, the attitude and the commitment because I never I, I never let it get me down. I went in, I still went on and carried on, continuing to do what I needed to do or tried to do what I needed to do. I'm putting that down as my biggest failures because not being funny for six months not to do a contract deal as a contract recruiting so I, I think that's a pretty big failure. But in when one door shuts and another one opens, another cliche. But ultimately for me. I was then moved into doing perm recruitment and never looked back because six years later I ended up running that business which turned over 32 million pounds. So whoever made the decision to keep me obviously was the right decision, um, of course I would say that, but, but ultimately as well, so out of failure it made me better and it made me understand what I, what I needed to do. Going into a, a corporate organisation like Capital was va uh, vastly different to working in a small independent company yeah. and at the yeah. time it was, it, it was a big failure. To, to be fair, well, they, they could have fired me, they could have fired me, but they couldn't on the basis of attitude, commitment, dedication, all of them things that you want to see, I had. So that's probably why they kept me. Do you know what, Lee? I think I think that's a brilliant, brilliant um, example. And and the takeaway that I get from that is I often will speak to recruitment business owners, and they'll say, you know, um, this person in their probation period isn't quite hitting it. And yeah. the biggest questions that I ask them are, you know, is this person still committed? Are they coming in early? Are they finishing late? Are they demonstrating the real desire and hunger? to improve that situation because if they're not drop them um yeah. and i think you, you know you've just demonstrated it's like no one could fault your during that six months that you weren't you know uh, putting a contract on the board you were still in there you were still sort of uh, you know banging at the door waiting for that success to come it's also changing it's also changing around as well isn't it it's like making different changes it's like the old the old um, story around the fly in the room you know, the fly comes in into the room through, through the open window, okay. um, and unfortunately, that window gets closed or whatever. That fly can hit that window 1,500, 2,000 times and still not going to get out. Yeah. The fly needs to uh, find an alternative way of getting out of that room. Yeah. So I think you know, that attitude and that creativeness, and we're always saying that to our staff, my internal staff now, the people that we place, uh, again, through War Talent, we're always talking about you need to be creative, you need to think around different ways of different doing things. And, uh, you know, candle attraction is a massive piece in our entire sector. Everybody would just like a, f a fuel of candles coming through. But how do we actually uh, go about doing things differently? And, and I think that's probably what I demonstrated as well is that we want to try and do things differently. But it still has to go down as my biggest failure because it hurts. <laughs> now, not to do a deal in six months for, for a heart, a salesman. That hurts. It that, does. That hurts. It, yeah, it does hurt. I, I could, I could imagine. Um, Lee, tell you know. I know you've worked in recruitment for a long time now, sixteen years, um, and that first journey with people like Hayes, and then the independent company, and then finally, uh, you know, Capita. What was the eureka moment for you? When when did the light bulb go off, and you think, oh, actually, I've suddenly got it? When when was that moment for you? Talk us through it. In my so I kind of got to, I've got a big eureka moment. I talked to you about in a sec, but in the early days that you just mentioned there, I, I think it's you know the penny drops. I always say that with 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 my staff again, the, the raw talent, whatever. Um, you know, it's the penny dropping. For me, the penny dropping at the, at the beginning of my career was saying you're dealing with people. How would you want to be treated? How how if you was a client, what what service would you want? If you was a candidate, how would you want to be progressed through? And I think when I got that. 
I, I kind of started to do really well. Yeah. And my yeah. big eureka moment come when I was formulating raw talent, this business, to be fair. Um, myself and my wife, stupidly, or whichever way you want to look at it, we'd sign ourselves up to a Free Peaks Challenge. Okay. Um, so we're doing some training to go and trek up uh, Skyfall Pike, um, uh, one of the Free Peaks. And when we was out doing that, that trek, we, um, we were talking and so on and so forth. And I sort of said, I was coming, uh, I was two and a half years into working with, uh, with Amscreen, which was the business I set up with Lord Sugar. And I said, look, you know, I, I'm missing recruitment. I'm not in recruitment. And we started talking. During that four hours that we, we trekked that day, I formulated my entire commercial plan for my business. And that for me was my kind of eureka moment. You know, yes, we were walking around, weren't at a desk, wasn't writing things down, but in, in my head and chatting it through just while we were talking, I had uh, how much money we was going to make, what the plan's going to look over, over the last, over the next one, two, three years or so. And I formulated my entire business idea and commercial idea for raw talent. So that for me was my eureka moment to go, okay, I've got something. I love the back of that. In that, in that, sorry, well, off the back of that, in, in that June, um, I, um, uh, I went to a retreat, a juice retreat, um, not recruitment juice, of course, <laughs> but it was, it was a juice retreat, um, and uh, it was to do detox and that sort of stuff, a good friend of mine runs one, and my, my moment came when we went through what was called your magic carpet journey, it's, it, sounds a bit, it sounds a bit weird, but again, I'm just, just being open, transparent, sure. and nice. Um he, he set us on a journey of a, on a magic carpet, so he kind of got you almost a meditation piece and he sent you on a journey to say, what's your life going to look like over the next 5, 10, 15 years if you stay as you are? And what's your life going to look like over the next 5, 10, 15 years if you make the changes that you're thinking about making? And it really made me think, if I don't set my business up um, in the next kind of six months or so, my life's going to be vastly different to what I want it to be. Um, and when I got back from that retreat, I handed my notice in at Amscreen and I started my business three months later. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant story. And thank you for that, Lee. Um, no I, I, I might uh, I might get the number of that juice retreat from you at some point. It's, I tell you, I, I have to say to you and to, and to the viewers, it's amazing. Jason Vale is an is an absolute genius. The he juice master, Jason Vale. I, I know Jason exactly. too. I know his work very well. He's a genius. He's a genius. Brilliant. Okay, well, look, we'll, we'll share a link to uh, to Jason and the Juice Master and stuff uh, below <laughs> below the episode notes here. Um, uh, Lee, I'm really interested. You know, I know that uh, the type of people that uh, raw talent work with, um, putting into uh, you know industry sales and marketing, highly motivated or should be. What do you do on a day to day basis um, to set your day up for success? Yeah. Um, okay, so I do something really basic to begin with. On a daily basis, I've got a things to do list. Um, the amount of public speaking I've done, the amount of people that I've met, the amount of uh, candidates that we've placed, whether or not they're raw, whether or not they're experienced, whether I'm meeting other directors, CEOs, whatever. It's amazing to me how many people don't do that. Like, you know, to set up your day and say, you know, whether or not it's a day plan, if you want to talk, uh, call it a day plan for your newbies, what about your oldbies? So your newbies have a day plan, what about your oldbies? They still need one. So for, so for me, I set up a things to do list and I write down the key things that I need to do. I read a couple of books um, quite a few years ago now um, by Ken Blanchard, uh, which is, uh, um, you know, a one minute manager and that type of stuff. 
And they're only short books, which is brilliant because I've not I've got a great um, attention to a detail span. Um, but uh, but they're fantastic books. And for me, it looked at uh, the, the most basic things around you know structuring your day and, and and getting the monkeys off your back. I think that was the terms that they was using the book. You know, putting monkeys off your back. So my things to do list allows me to get rid of them monkeys. Okay, so maybe I have four or five monkeys on my back with things to do, and my list allows me to get rid of that. So it's really really basic stuff. Um, on a daily basis with my staff, I encourage the same sort of structure, I encourage the same sort of thing. Um, but I, on a daily basis, I drive my team, I drive the teams that are working for me, I drive them. That's what, that's what it's about. I have passion, I have enthusiasm for what, for, for what we do. I love recruitment, I love our sector, and I love, I love the business. And I, and I drive that and I push that into my staff. I squeeze every little bit out of my teams. Into in order in order for them to be the best that they can be. Now we're still a work in progress. I'm not saying that we're the best. Our uh, our core values uh, in the business is to be excellent, uh, to be creative, and to be unique. Um, and we are striving to be all of them things. But we're still a work in progress. But on a day-to-day -day basis, that's that's what I do. That's what I'm I'm driving my teams. I I have the ability. I don't want to kind of uh, be weird, but I have the ability to 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 get people to to follow so if they're following me as, 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 as their leader I lead by example but I drive them to be the best they can be I love that Lee and you know what it's it's what being a leader is about isn't it it's having that energy consistently you know sometimes even when you don't have it or feel it it's knowing that you've got the responsibility of all of these people looking to you for the example right Definitely. And look, right, right now I'm, I'm, I'm chatting to you in the, in the lounge, I'm, I'm, I'm in my office, uh, my door's shut, but my door is, is, is always open. Most of the time I'm walking around on the floor, I'm too completely approachable. Um, I, would, I would probably say if you interviewed my staff, they would say exactly what I'm, I'm saying to you now, I, well, I hope anyway. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm approachable. That's, that's what it's about. It's about making sure that you can be on their level. I don't have a problem with, with uh, getting my hands dirty. You know, if something needs to happen, if, I, if we need to call cl uh, candidates, uh, you know, we're, we're a small business, right? We're, there's only 26 of us. So at the end of the day, we're, you know, we're not a big corporate organization where, um, you know, the, the, the founder or the, the CEO or the end or whatever doesn't get involved. I do get involved. I still sell. I love talking to clients and I still get the buzz. Um, when, when, when we do a deal, I still have that buzz. I think most of us can relate to that. So for me to keep my hands in, my hands on, if you like, and show them the way, that, that's important to me. Your passion really comes across, Lee. Um, listen, I'm really keen to find out what would you or your team describe as your greatest strength and conversely, your greatest weakness? Okay, so I've been having to think about this. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think my... I think I touched on it before. I kind of have the, I have the ability. So one of my strengths is I have the ability for people to, to follow. I have that. I have that ability. Um, naturally, I have the, the the mandate. If you like, if you're going to do something, you may as well do it well. Uh, let me give you a couple of examples that are completely non-business related. Um, Eleven years ago, I gave up smoking. Not not a big thing. Not, lots of people do it, right? I smoked 25 a day, and one day I just woke up and said, "That's it. I don't smoke anymore." And I haven't smoked since, okay? Um, I'm a Diet Coke, used to be a Diet Coke addict, right? So a lot of people will probably, will probably relate to this as well. I used to drink over six liters of Diet Coke a day, um, which was horrendous. And, 
it was actually harder to give up diet coke than it was to give up smoking. That's how difficult it was. Um, but again, why, why am I bringing this up? Because I've got an addictive personality. So I'm either doing it all or I'm not doing it at all. And that's, that's kind of how it, there's no real in between with me. So I'm going to either smoke loads of cigarettes or I'm not, or I'm going to drink loads of diet coke or I'm not. You know, that was, that was the whole point of me bringing it up. Right. So, so I have the ability to, 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 uh, to change the mood in a room. So I have to have, uh, so one of my strengths, one of my key strengths is I have to be aware when I walk into into the room, the mood can change based on my mood. Yeah. Um, and I think that's yeah. a strength on the basis that if, if you want the office to be lively and bubbly, you might talk stuff and you, you have that. I think my weakness is um, self-education. Um, I don't do enough of it. I don't read enough. I'm not a confident reader. So I don't read enough. Uh, I mentioned Ken Blanchard books and I'm reading a book at the moment and so on and so forth as well that we, we, we'll chat about. But I don't read enough. I don't self-educate enough. And I'm a, I am own this business 100%. I don't have any board. I don't. I have a management team. I have good people around me. But I don't have that kind of that uh, um, executive, non-executive director or people coming through so that. So, so re- the reality is it's, it's on me. Like, you know, I don't have to report back into the board like I used to at Capital and that sort of stuff. It's, you know, the, the reality is it's, it's on me. So that's one of my weaknesses, I think. I think I need to have um, more time set aside and just to self-evaluate, self-educate and maybe get a bit, get a coach or a mentor in for me. And thank Lee, you know, thank you for being frank and honest. And it's an interesting one because, um, you know, I do read a lot and I I love that my, you know, my business is learning and I see myself as an eternal student and all the all the connotations that come with that. But um, I've got a, a friend of mine who, like you, he was never really into reading. And so I used to say to him, look, you should read this and you should read that meaningless. But what I got him into, which may be of interest to you, is he started listening to podcasts, um, podcasts in his car, uh, audio books and stuff. And I know, you know, from uh, previously working with you, I know that you do travel and you do spend time in the car and stuff like that. Maybe just getting um, podcasts on subjects that you're interested in could be good, you know, like Recruiter's Life Lab could could work for you. Um, uh, that's a good idea. I mean, I think I think that's a, definitely an area of improvement for me. There's, there's no doubt. I mean, you're looking at how self-aware you you, you need to be as a you know, as a business owner or, or as anything in life, and that's definitely an area of improvement. It's a good idea. That. Cool, um, Lee. Look, I um, I'm going to get you to look into your crystal ball for a little while. Um, you've yeah. been around, you know, our recruitment industry for over 16 years now. How do you see? our industry developing over the next say five years i think our industry i don't want to just say the bulk standard answers um you know which is going to be oh it's you know social media led and whatever it's going to be because i think you know it is going to be that there's no doubt i think for us i think it's about our talent branding um one of the things i touched upon before and one of the things that, that's definitely in the in our sector and set in the south sector is candidate available uh, candidates and, and finding candidates and candidate attraction and i think for for me that comes from our branding so branding our talent and driving um uh, new ways or innovative ways of actually bringing talent into the recruitment industry um and 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 beyond 
we're very good or have been very good at recycling our staff. So it's it specific, specifically in the recruitment industry. So, you know, you work at A's, you go to um, Capital, you go to AMS or you work for S3, you go to, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, but what, we, what I believe, um, and over kind of the last five years is where we, we have got a lot better is starting to encourage new people coming to our industry. Yeah. And I think yeah. over the next five years, that needs to be stronger. I think our talent branding, through effective channels needs to be uh, needs to be stronger as well. Obvious, uh, the obvious answer is technology. I think that technology is going to play a big part. But I think a lot of the RPOs that we have at the moment are driving, um, uh, you know, the kind of almost the salaries and the way people perceive recruitment to be. Yeah. And yeah. and a lot of the kind of niche agencies or the specialist agencies, are not not struggling, but. Are, uh, finding it more of a challenge to entice people in on, say, maybe lower basics because their commissions or their bonuses are, are more, more traditional or wrapped around it effectively the amount of money that you're bringing, whereas the RPOs aren't, aren't so much like that. Yeah. So yeah. I think more and more RPOs are coming into or, or um, uh, contracts through RPOs, more and more uh, contracts of RPOs that, that will happen will put more strain on, on, on the smaller agencies. Not because they're taking vacancies per se, because specialist agents will always be around, but it's that knock on effect for actually attracting their talent as well. So if you come back to my original point about the talent branding for effective channels to attract um, uh, candidates into their business and into their clients, I think that's what's going to be driving our industry for the next kind of five years. I think that's my view anyway. I don't know if uh, anyone else agrees, but... No, listen, I, I, I do agree. And um, I agree with you. I think that there's a lot of, uh, or has been a lot of recycling, you know, same old faces turning up in the same old companies and going round and round in circles. And I've always believed that, you know, our industry, in the 27 odd years that I've worked in it, I've I've loved some of the new blood that's come in and brought yeah. something new to our industry. So it's not just about, look, this is the way we've always done it. I think that it, it needs that new talent coming through to challenge some of the established models um, and really help our industry develop. So no, I, I totally agree with that vision. I think, I think on that as well, the new, the, the new blood or the fresh, fresh blood, or fresh pair of eyes, whatever, however you want to say, coming into our industry, what we've noticed, just in, in my business in Mortana, we survey um, all of our candidates. So we're, we're generating around 3,500 candidates a month at the moment come, coming through to our business that have got no uh, recruitment industry experience or they're raw within that area or they're raw within sales. Okay, So we don't, we don't just supply to recruitment businesses, we supply to all businesses with sales, IT, medical, whatever. But, so, and we survey them and the recent survey that we had uh, we put out was what is the most important thing to you guys? So what's the most important, um, uh, what would make you choose a career? What's the most important thing that you choose in your career? And the overwhelming answer Roy, was it wasn't money and success, and then to, which is traditionally what you'd associate with recruitment or the right. more traditional recruitment firms. It was training and development and knowledge. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. So the reality is over the next five years, we're going to be dealing with 
um, candidates or people um, that are coming into our industry, coming into our business, that think differently to how maybe we used to think, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, so we have to adapt with them. And that's what I'm saying about our talent branding. There's a lot of people that uh, organizations uh, in, the, in the industry themselves and outside of the industry, like take, take the likes of telecommunications uh, organizations or uh, IT organizations, that are doing it themselves. You know, I'll be silly not to mention LinkedIn. Why, why wouldn't I not mention that? It's had a massive impact on how we recruit, but that's, that, that's also because recruiters use it, but also now um, corporate organizations use it as well. Yeah. So the amount of people yeah. that are now coming in as internal recruiters and going to work for the big telco companies or IT companies direct has a knock-on effect to whether or not we can actually start supplying into them. Um, and as more talent, what, what we're finding is that we're on extension as a partner to their recruitment function because we take away quite a lot of that upfront telephone interviews, the face-to-face -face interviews, all the competency-led piece. But ultimately, if they've got internal recruitment people doing that as well, we become second fiddle to that. So we may as well be, um, if you like, supplying into an RPO yeah. um, and, and, and therefore not getting the, the result that you want. So. Quite a complex subject and something that I actually didn't think I was that knowledgeable on until I started talking about it. But that, that, that would be that would be my views. To, to be fair, it's, we've got to think talent branding wise. We've got to think there's new talent coming through. How are they thinking and what do they need? And that that for me shocked me. It wasn't about money and cars and that type of stuff. It was training, development, and knowledge. I want to learn. And these these new not generation Y, whatever you want to call these guys, but the, the guys coming through, they have a thirst for knowledge. Yeah. So yeah. we have to provide that for them. Otherwise, they get bored and they, they want to move across. Yeah. yeah. Great answer. And thank you very much for that, Lee. Lee, I'm really keen for us to move into the lightning round now. Are you ready to yeah. uh, get the quick fire questions? I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. Excellent. Okay. The lightning round. Um, first question, Lee, um, what's the number one thing that you see holding recruiters back from being more successful? Okay, um, it's an easy one for me because I've just sat here and talked to you about you know, traditional recruitment and da 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 and you know, it's moving along. But one thing doesn't change in recruitment and that's picking the phone. You have to pick the phone up. And the biggest, and the biggest issue with recruiters that um, that are not doing well or going to fail is the fear of the phone and a confidence piece. And what I believe we need to do around our around our uh, our industry and in sales in general is to make sure that these guys are confident enough to pick up the phone. And it's not about actually just picking the phone up; it's about what you're saying down down into that phone. So. Training, development, coaching that goes into that is absolutely critical to ensure that they are comfortable with making it happen. But the number one thing from be, being successful is, is, is that it's actually confidence, yeah. but it's picking yeah. the phone up and making things happen. We're a people business and we need to talk to and engage with and build relationships with people. And that from the day dot of recruitment all the way through to whenever, uh, you know, wherever we go past my lifetime will never change. Good answer. Good answer, Lee. Um, Lee, what's the best piece of business advice or recruitment advice you've ever received? Okay, so this would have to be business advice, and it does come from the man himself, from uh, from Sir Alan or Lord Sugar. Um, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I, 
I work for him for two and a half years. We set a business up from scratch with Amos Green. Um, and a lot of people think, you know, when you start working for, for Lord Sugar Vidal Apprentice, you just get swept off in the broom cupboard somewhere and you never see him. That's total rubbish. Um, I saw him every day for nine months. I built a business with him. And thereafter, I attended the board meetings every month and so on and so forth. I had a massive interaction with him. One of the key things, and I will never forget this, and I pass this on all the time, and it's really, really, you know, it's, it's, it's just a simple thing. He said to me, keep things simple. Understand what people want and give them what they need. And if you do that and keep things simple, it's the best bit of advice that we've done. Try to overcomplicate things. Again, in recruitment, put it into recruitment terms. How many times have you seen people failing because they're trying to overcomplicate stuff? It's, it's, in, it's just have a conversation, find out what they need, find out what they want, put them together, make a fee. That's yeah. recruitment, isn't it? Yeah, it's, um, and so it's, it's about keeping things simple. And, and I've used that in business, in, into, in more talent in my business. Um, and well, so far, so good. We're, it's working. So uh, yeah, it must be good advice. It's a great piece of advice, Lee. Um, Lee, tell us something that's working brilliantly in your business right now. So I don't know, a bit of software or a hack or anything that you're using in your business and, yeah. and it's working well. Really, really happy that you've asked this question. Um, for about the last year, we've been developing our digital competency platform. I referenced it earlier. Yeah. Uh, what it basically, what what it's going to do, it's going to, um, it's going to look. Well, I say it's going to, it is. It's it's digitalizing the way we assess people, and it's understanding um, people's uh, clients' needs the competencies, the behaviours, the attributes, and it's wrapping it up in you know, technology. It's taking the gut feel out of recruitment. It's that scientific approach. So let me give you a quick snapshot of, of where it is. I, gen I genuinely believe that once we start um, pushing this out, some of our clients are already using it, some of our store clients are already using it. We're starting to push this out to, to our clients. We're going to start to um, sell this on the, uh, on the open, um, uh, open market as well. But ultimately, what, what that's going to do for our business is it's going to allow clients or organizations to look at exactly what they want and match what they need and what they want with, that, with the human uh, contact, sure. but ultimately sure. through banks of attributes and competencies that we've already had uh, put together um, and also to understand once they've got these people in where their strengths are where their weaknesses are what training programs they can actually wrap around that piece and assess um, very uh, concisely through through the iPad through through that through the tablets that we actually give out we're really really excited about what we're doing and this is going to change not the, just the way that we're doing business, but I think the way our sector, so kind of grad recruitment, raw talent recruitment, is going to move forward um, over the next two, three years. I can't wait to see that, Lee. I'm looking forward to... Uh, to I, I know that. I know it's a bold statement, but I genuinely believe what, what we're doing, I'd love to demo it to you, but I genuinely believe what we're doing is is excellent. It's, a, it's, a, it's really good. It's going to change what we currently do. I look forward to that. Um, Lee, what's the best business book that you've ever read? I know you kind of talked about books aren't really your thing, but yeah, the best one that I'm you have picked up. I'm struggling here. It's certainly in the next six months. So I, I'm reading uh, at the moment, I'm reading a book called Business Adventures okay. uh, by a guy called John Brooks, okay. um, which is kind of, it's made up, I think there's 12 different classic tales, if you like, of uh, from Wall Street and that type of stuff. So it gives you kind of a bit of a, an insight into, uh, into what happens sort of across the pond. Um, so I'm reading that at the moment. Um, I've, I've read 
Lord Sugar's autobiography and that, and that type of stuff. Um, but I genuinely do struggle with the whole reading piece. And I think what you said to me earlier well, about the podcast, I think that's a really good idea. And it's something that I've written it down, actually. So it's something that I'll definitely get myself involved in. I'll send you a couple of the ones that I, I enjoy, Lee. I'll just send them uh, a links, uh, links to those that, that I enjoy. Um, yeah. Lee, if you woke up tomorrow morning um, armed with all of the experience, all the knowledge that you've picked up over the years, but it wasn't Raw Talent Academy, you didn't have that around you and you had to start all over again, what would you do? It's meant to be lightning round, isn't it? It's been <laughs> quick fire. Oh, man, that's a tough one. Um, I, I think it would have to... Okay, there's two options that I have here, right? Okay. So the first one would be that I would I would stand recruitment because I love it, and it would need to be something that around in the recruitment piece. Yeah. I've just talked yeah. about the the digital competency platform that we we're developing. I think I would probably go down that route. I think I would look at developing some sort of technology that would enable um, organisations to be able to have some more science around choosing their staff um, and, 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 and kind of expand, if you like, on the DCP. So I'd probably go down that route rather than actually you know, do, doing that piece itself. The other alternative is completely different business. And this is something that we're, we're actually thinking about doing. Um, I recently had uh, um, identical twin girls, um, so I've got, I've got three. I've got three daughters, and uh, obviously my last two are identical twins. Um, and it became really apparent that there was no way to feed the two babies, so the two twins, at the same time. Oh. There's, there's nothing out there that that that, that allows you to do that. So. Um, it's interesting as well, actually, because recently Richard Branson tweeted because he's just had, um, he's got twin grand uh, sons or daughters, I don't know if they're, but he's got twins as, as, uh, as grand uh, children. Okay. Um, he, he tweeted the same thing, like, does anyone have any recommendation? So what we've done is we've put, and I say we because it's me and my wife, we've put a kind of blueprint together, if you like, of what this, this I'm not going to tell you actually, it's <laughs> someone like here, but how, how this is actually work, and I think I would invest some strong time and energies into making that real. Um, at the moment, we're not making it, we haven't made it real because I have got raw talent and we're there. But your question about sure. if I didn't have raw talent and woke up with my experience, I would definitely put some time and energy into making that product work. Lee, do me a favour, don't tell us any more about the product. I've heard that Richard Branson often live, listens in to Recruiters Live Lounge, so we don't want to give him any ideas, do we? No, that's it. I mean, I did, I did tweet him back, but he never got back to me, so who knows? We'll see. Lee, listen, sadly, we're coming to the end of our time together in Recruiters Live Lounge, and I'm genuinely sad. It's been really interesting to talk to you today. Um, Lee, if you had one final piece of parting advice for the people that watch and listen to this show, what would it be? And also, how would people get in touch with you after listening to this particular interview? Yeah, I mean, for me, I always think to myself, whether or not this is right or wrong, you, you guys decide. I always think to myself that I haven't achieved where I want to be yet. So most of the people that I meet that are successful have the same sort of mindset. I mean, again, I, I put myself as relatively successful. You can make the decisions uh, for, for your own. Um, the growth that we've had in this business over the last four years has been has been fantastic, um, but I'm not I'm not where I need to be. So I always look at 
you need to be able to enjoy what you've got at that time, and I don't think and I don't think I ever do because I'm always looking for the, for the next thing. So my piece of advice would try and get that balance. Yeah. Try and get that balance yeah. between you know running your business and and your home life. You know, workaholic in recruitment is is normal. We all know that. Um, yeah. But but also ask yourself a question: What's it all about? Because at the end of the day, you have got family and kids, and we're going holiday and that type of stuff. That's 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 where it's at. Um, so I think I think having children changed me in, in, in that career uh, piece as well. Um, so I, I have to think about that. Keep things simple. Um, your day plans, if you haven't got them, if you haven't got your staff doing them, how do you expect you? If you're not doing, why would you expect your staff to do them? That, that type of stuff. And and, and for budding entrepreneurs out there, for example, that might be, be be looking to maybe set their own recruitment business up or um, or, or, or whatever. You've got the knowledge and you've got the ability to be able to go and do it. It's the best thing I ever did. Go and do it. Go and do it. What's holding you back? Um, that, that's what I would say. In order for, to be able to get in touch with, with us, um, we uh, you can get in touch with us on our website, which is wartownacademy.com. You can uh, follow us on Twitter, which would be amazing, at Lee McQueen. That's pretty simple. We've got Facebook as well you can follow us on. Or, or get in touch with us via LinkedIn. Uh, that would be amazing. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing, uh, hearing from you guys. Lee, that's fantastic. Thanks ever so much, both for the parting advice and also the, the various ways that people can connect with you. Um, people will be able to, anyone listening to the audio of this, um, you know, by all means, you can, uh, uh, you know, listen and you'll hear all of the URLs, etc. If you can get onto the website, we've got links to all of the ways that you can contact Lee and Raw Talent Academy. Um, Lee, just on behalf of Recruiters Live Lounge, thank you so much for being honest and frank and sharing your experience with us. We're really delighted to have had you on the show. No, it's an absolute pleasure. And you know what? Any uh, any advice that I can give or uh, um, knowledge that I can part, um, you know, if it helps somebody else, then absolutely fantastic. And I've enjoyed it. I've ain't caught up with you for a while, boys. So it's really good to catch up with you, buddy. Bless you, Lee. And listen to everyone else out there. You've been listening to Lee McQueen in Recruiters Live Lounge. If you want to listen to more episodes like this, remember subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Uh, you get to meet and hang out with some of the most inspiring recruitment business leaders on the planet and share their inspirational, motivational stories of success. Thank you very much for joining us in the lounge today. See you soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Recruiters Live Lounge with Roy Ripper. Join us next time for more insights and incredible success journeys to help you be a better recruitment business leader. What would it feel like to get all of your back office administration done under one roof? EasyPay provide funding, payroll and back office services to support your recruitment business. EasyPay want to offer one month's free fees to any new customers who come through Recruiters Live Lounge. Just go to easypayservices.co.uk forward slash rec live lounge.